1: we here just figuring out life as we get ready for Peter King.
2: Well, thank God Peter's here because Peter knows life. So maybe
1: he can help us with some of our conundrums. Well, and actually the first question I have for, for Peter is about his life. So yeah. on the line, Odyssey NFL, uh, NFL insider Peter King. Insider calls brought to you by Old Spice. Men have skin too. And, and yeah, Peter, w- w- it, it, the season is over. We want to talk it out. But the first thing we and our entire audience want to know, how you feeling, man?
3: Oh, you're so nice to ask, guys. Thank you. Yeah, I feel great. I actually, uh, you know, as you know, you probably heard it the last <laughs> two or three shows that we did. I was coughing up a lung. I just felt awful. And I just couldn't get the thing diagnosed. And so after the Super Bowl, I finished working at about... 2 50 a.m pacific uh in vegas after the game and my videographer annie Koblitz, um and my editor sarah hughes uh they said listen we're we're going to the hospital so they took me to the hospital we stopped at the hotel picked up my wife who was there with me and uh I went to the hospital about three hours later. I got diagnosed with double pneumonia, and I said, wow. Finally, I know what's been wrong with me. So luckily, everything is okay on the men now. Feel good, and all is well.
1: All right, and you and you sound better. Yeah, so you sound great. That's fantastic yeah. to hear. Now, now, what about the Niners and their ego? That's not on the men. Ah. They had triple pneumonia, Mark, <laughs> yeah. is what
2: they had.
3: Yeah, you know... I I think the way I look at this is and look I I wrote a little bit about this in my column this week that um and look Kyle Shanahan obviously is not blameless in this loss um I think that he probably wishes not that it mattered in the end but he probably wishes he had spent a half hour at some point in the two weeks between the championship game and the Super Bowl that, you know, we probably we have 900 meetings. We probably should have spent a half hour talking about the new overtime rules, you know, because obviously your players should know what the rules are. Not that it ended up costing them, but it's just just players should know that stuff. So there's that. But, you know, there are two reasons why I can't get too fired up about picking the ball to start overtime. And that is, you know, basically the first words out of his mouth in his post-game press conference, I think were absolutely right. And some analytics people around the league agree with him. I want the ball third and uh, you can make, you can talk about, well, you know, you should want the ball second and all that. And I get it. And Kansas City wanted the ball second. They were probably, if it was, if they, uh, scored a touchdown to go behind by one point, they probably were going to go for two. Um, but when you haven't made a two point conversion play in the last 27 games, I'm not positive I'd be all that comfortable asking my offense to do that. But hey, with Patrick Mahomes, all things are possible. The one other thing, and I'm sure you guys talked about it some. But I have not heard nearly enough, I believe, is that, look, the defense just played 11 plays right before the, the coin flip to start overtime. And they had played 38 plays overall in the second half. That, that probably was a tuckered out defense at that point. So there's that. And, uh, and look, you know, we probably could talk about, this, which is, is the one other thing that, that look, we all are going to give credit to Steve Spagnolo for this, but I also think you have to give some blame to the 49ers for this. And that is that the Kansas City Chiefs who led the NFL this year in an odd category, but a meaningful category in unblocked Blitzers. Unblocked guys coming through the line of scrimmage and nobody touching them. And I'm talking about Trent McDuffie, uh, and, you know, and all that. And they had nine unblocked runs at Brock Purdy in this game. Nine. Nine. That simply can't happen. And, you know, that's, uh, that's one of the reasons why you know, look, nobody has gotten into uh, the draft or, or probably only a little bit into free agency yet, but the 49ers better do something about their line, particularly, in my opinion, the right side of their line.
2: And you look at that now as we start to peer back at the Super Bowl and think about the future with franchise tags being available today. Is that the number one area of interest for you for the 49ers? Is it is it shoring up that offensive line?
3: It would be to me, and I understand everybody is interested, oh, what's going to happen to Brandon Ayuk and all that, and I look, they have a very good receiver core, I think, with a guy who has really emerged um, as a really tough, clutch player in Juwan Jennings, Um, but that wouldn't be my biggest deal. You want to know, this is an interesting stat I figured out, okay, in the wake of this game. So 22 months ago, the Kansas City Chiefs traded Tyreek Hill to the Miami Dolphins. And in the preceding, uh, or in the succeeding two years, you know, in the 22 and 23 seasons, they won the Super Bowl each year. And in each year, they did not have a 1,000 yard wide receiver and they did not have a 1,000-yard running back. So you look at it, obviously, Kelsey was, I think, a 1,300-yard. It caught balls for 1,300 yards last year and 900-something this year. So obviously he makes a big difference. But what I'm saying is I don't think it is absolutely rock-solid essential right now that you have two Pro Bowl wide receivers in order to advance or to win the Super Bowl. I just believe right now that the number one job of the Niners this off season, and I understand, I've heard the stuff about Joey Bosa, hey, cool, get Joey Bosa if you can, I get it, all that, even though obviously he's an injury risk. But the biggest thing I think they have to do is, I think they need one guard and one tackle, not only a tackle for this year, but a tackle for the future, depending on the future of, of Trent Williams, who knows how much longer he plays.
1: Peter King with us right here on Willard and Dibbs. Insider Calls are brought to you by Old Spice Gentleman's Blend Body Wash, providing exfoliation plus 24-7 moisturization because men have skin too. Okay, Peter, I, I think everything you just said, there's a lot of sense in there. And I think a lot of 49er fans are probably nodding your head, their heads as you said it. But dot, dot, dot. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Uh, What does that mean for Brandon Ayuk?
3: You know, I think the 49ers have some time to make that decision. Um, And I think that... I wonder, this is what I wonder, because I don't know. I've not talked to a soul in the organization since that night at the game, so I can't answer the question about what they're thinking. But I think the biggest question I would ask him, because, look, he is at the point in his career where, because I always think this about great receivers, you see it now with Justin Jefferson, who obviously, uh, you know, on the surface is the best receiver in football right now. And you're looking at him and the Vikings are wondering, listen, how possibly are we going to sign both Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson this offseason? One of those guys, in my opinion, I'm not saying they're, you know that one of those guys isn't going to be there, but there's a decent chance that one of those guys isn't going to be there. But. I think it's interesting in San Francisco. I think I would want to ask Brandon Ayuk. listen, we would like to try to run this back this year one time and then make our major decisions about our roster at the end of next year. And I think you have to ask Brandon Ayuk very simply, how do you feel about that? If he's negative about it, if he doesn't want to do it, and clearly because the quarterback is only going to make $985,000 next year, you probably could figure a way to bury some money in Brandon Ayuk and and figure out where this leaves you for the future. But to me, there's a lot of questions about not only – You know, the offensive, not only the skill players, but all over this roster. And so I think it's difficult. And look, if you're Brandon Iuka, I don't blame you for wanting to get a deal now. And the reason, or or, or at the absolute latest, you know, next offseason, I don't blame you. And here's the reason why. Because if you look at most great receivers, they get one payday. That's it. You get one chance to strike while the iron is hot. How will he feel about, would, would, would he be willing to, uh, not get everything that maybe he feels he deserves this coming year and really try to make one great rock solid run with this core plus adding some help on the offensive line. Would he be willing to do that this year? I think you have to have that conversation with him. I think it's not something that right now, today, we can know the answer to.
2: How rare would that be to have a player enter the fifth year like that, especially in light of what we saw happen to Dre Greenlaw, who wasn't contractually in that spot, but watching his career come to a screeching halt in such an odd fashion?
3: The thing about the Dre Greenlaw thing is, I feel sick for him, just totally sick. And again, look, Dre Greenlaw, in my opinion, uh, if I were the 49ers, I would try to aggressively sign him and keep him because I just think, you know, did you guys happen to see, there was a lot of really good uh, NFL films wiring uh, in this game, and one of them was, Patrick Mahomes on the sidelines. I think it was after their second series, and he was and and it was at, it was Drake Greenlaw just attacking and, and 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 being the lead dog on this field. And Mahomes goes to the sidelines and he said, "Hey, hey, they got more intensity than us. They got more intensity than us. We gotta come on. We gotta ratchet up the intensity. Let's go. Let's go." And it was all Dre Greenlaw. And look, I know him a little bit, and I know how earnest he is. I know how much he loves this game. Uh, I just, I think he is an absolutely terrific player and a great guy and a great guy to have on your team. And I just hope for his sake, because look, the way Achilles' injuries are now, there's no reason, and I, look, it's ridiculous to say this. Uh, But it's very possible that an aggressive rehab program for Dre Greenlaw could have him ready to play football in September. I don't know. But but I do think I understand your question about Greenlaw, and I understand your question if you're talking about Brandon Ayuk, because he might think, hey, look, there but for the grace of God go I. Mm -hmm. But... That's why I think you have to ask the question. You got to let everything calm down a bit. Maybe the first week of March. Yeah, you, you know, John Lynch and 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 Iuk or Kyle and Ayuk or the agent get involved, and you just have a discussion. And you say, okay, let's talk about where we are. Here's what we think. What do you think? And that's why. That's how I think they probably will and probably should handle
1: it. Uh, Peter King with us. Peter, I don't use the word scapegoat with the whole Steve Wilkes thing because I feel like there was a lot going on all year long, not blaming him for the Super Bowl. Well, I'd love to hear you talk about that. What do you know about what was going on with, with that relationship all year long?
3: Steve Wilkes was asked to come in and to coach a scheme that existed before he got there and that he had not coached before and he tried he tried his best there was some friction obviously uh you know between wilkes and most likely with the players um and i I know that sounds a little bit contradictory but i'm not there on the ground I just know what I heard in the last couple of weeks, and so I'm not saying that it is a it's a terrible look, obviously, because this was uh, not a great defense this year, but this defense had some really great moments and this defense mostly played very well in the Super Bowl, mostly, mostly, not all altogether. but I just think at some point. A coach is paid to make painful and unpopular decisions. Now, they're probably more unpopular in the general public than they are inside his own locker room because you haven't heard very much, even off the record, from people saying, man, I'll tell you what, uh, that Steve Wilkes got a bad deal. And again, look, it's unfortunate all the way around. But at the end of the day, Kyle Shanahan did something painful that obviously is going to make him take a lot of slings and arrows. But I think he did what he thought was best for the team. This had nothing to do with scapegoating Steve Wilkes. This had everything to do with trying to put someone in place who is better suited to coach this team at this time with this defense than Steve Wilkes was.
2: And you think about that next person. Are you imagining that they go with somebody inside the system or does he try to reach out for maybe a higher profile head coach, former head coach, Vrabel Carroll, Bill Belichick, bring in somebody with a little gravitas to maybe try to shore things up on on a number of fronts.
3: Well, About two weeks ago, somebody told me who knows Belichick and look, maybe things change because he's sitting out there unemployed now and he knows that all he's going to do is have a soft job in the media and who knows whether he'll ever have another chance. But I had heard that Belichick absolutely did not want to be a coordinator. Now, maybe times have changed. Can you imagine if Bill Belichick, at age 72, comes in, makes all the difference with the Niners, forms a partnership, a bond with Bosa, with Warner, with Armstead, and basically they get this franchise over the top, and it leads for him to be the head coach of Team X next year. It would be one of the coolest stories, maybe one of the coolest stories in NFL history. I mean, to me, how great would it be? But again, a guy actually is going to have to want to do that. I think, I think a little bit, just a little bit of an interesting candidate would be Pete Carroll. And again, I have no idea if Pete would want to do it. Um, you know, it's an interesting thing because it's basically a defense that he is extraordinarily familiar with. And so, I don't know. Those are interesting things, but I would have to know a little bit, which I don't know right now, of what exactly is going through Kyle Shanahan's mind as he's doing this. And I'm telling you, okay, like, remember a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about the fact that Kyle Shanahan legitimately did reach out to Tom Brady and, uh, you know, wanted him to come in last off season to see if he would come out of retirement and, uh, you know, play for the 49ers this year. So, and, and look, Kyle wasn't volunteering that information and probably nobody would have asked the way I asked them on that drive to work a couple of weeks ago. Nobody would have asked if Brock Purdy didn't volunteer the information uh, to Nick Wagner um, before the end of the season. but, but again, again, and that's why I think I would not be shocked at all if Kyle Shanahan had picked up the phone and asked Belichick, hey, is this something you want to consider? Or to ask Pete Carroll, is this something you want to consider? I, You know, again, I don't know that that happened, but a lot of things happen behind closed doors that we don't know until someone spills the beans about it.
1: Peter, uh, I've loved your work on Brock Purdy all year long um, because I think it's avoided the whole snap reaction like, uh, don't win, quarterback bad yeah, kind of stuff. And yeah. Right? Yeah. I think there's there was more of it in, in this most recent article. So I want to ask you, I know you don't need to know this yet. It's still a year away. But where are you? Where do you think the Niners are on the idea of Brock Purdy being paid Something that's near the top of the market with regard to the quarterback position.
3: I think you got to see what happens this season, and I doubt sincerely that it's going to vary from what we've seen so far. I think what we've seen so far is remarkable, absolutely remarkable. And and you know what? Can I? I I got to tell you guys a story. Okay, so I was the pool reporter. We may have talked about this last time. I forget. But I was the pool reporter covering the Kansas City Chiefs practices at the Super Bowl. And what that means is that the pro football writers assigns one of its members to watch practice and to write a very fact-and-figure-y, no color no-anything report about what what was seen at practice that day. All right? On this particular day, on Wednesday, Wednesday, I'm out at practice. I've known Tony Romo forever. And I walked up to him and he goes, Hey, Peter, how you doing? How you doing? You know, back and forth. And so we started talking. We talked for half hour at least. And one of the topics that came up was about Brock Purdy. And first of all, Tony Romo absolutely loves Brock Purdy. And one of the things that he loves about him is the simple fact that uh nothing 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 bothers him and he said but i will only say this Mm -hmm. you there is only one super bowl you just simply do not know how you're going to react when you're standing there on the sidelines you're about to start this game and all of a sudden you've got no saliva you know, you can't, <laughs> huh. you're, you're all dry, you're, you're tight, you're, you're saying, oh my God, the flyover, the this, the that, the Reba McIntyre, the 120 million, all, that, yeah, all this stuff hits you. And he goes, it's going to hit him. It hits everybody. So I'm thinking that watching this game as the game starts. And what happened as the game starts? Brock Purdy started eight out of nine. Yeah, slinging it. And he was playing great. And all I thought of at that time is, okay, I've got another answer about Brock Purdy. And again, look, let's see what happens in 17 games next year. Let's see how he does. Let's see how far he can take this team. But this is just my opinion, you know, Kyle Shanahan is the guy who wanted to trade three ones to move up for Trey Lance, okay, a guy who, you know, as I wrote my column a couple of weeks ago, has thrown fewer passes in the last seven years than Patrick Mahomes threw this year. And and so he chose to do that. And so what I'm saying is Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch are not going to be thinking, ooh, Last pick in the draft can't pay him fifty million. Let me ask you this: Is there any reason whatsoever why you think that money might change Brock Purdy? I sure don't think so. No, nah. no, definitely not.
1: Uh, that's great stuff. Great stuff, Peter. Thank you so much as always, and we're so glad, uh, above all, that you're feeling better.
3: Yeah. Hey, thanks a lot, and hey. One last thing. Yeah. I really appreciate you guys reaching out when I wasn't feeling well and wishing me well, and you guys are great guys, and I appreciate it.
1: Uh, Thanks, you bet, Peter. Peter. Yeah. We appreciate everything that you do here uh, uh, during the football season, so thank you so
3: much. Take care, guys. Bye. Okay.
1: There he goes. Peter King, that was Odyssey NFL Insider Peter King. Insider Calls are brought to you by Old Spice Men Have Skin Too.